Hey, batter, batter. Are you ready to hit a home run with flavor? Step up to the plate and swing by Penn Station East Coast Subs, where every bite is a grand slam. Craving a classic Philly cheesesteak or maybe a savory chicken teriyaki? Or how about loading up on their delicious fresh-cut fries? Call it a triple play by ordering Penn Station's signature fresh-squeezed lemonade. When it comes to subs, Penn Station is the big league. Order online at penn-station.com or stop at a store near you. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Well, Ian, let's try not to be as sloppy as the Broncos were in the uh, first half and some of the second half of that week one loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Well played, although we can't promise anything. No, no promises. I mean, I, I, we haven't started drinking yet, so at least we won't be that kind of sloppy. At least yes, that's my we- assumption. After the first half, most of Broncos country probably need needed to get a drink. They needed yeah. to be the the Dean Martin gift, where he's just pouring the the, the whiskey into the into his cup, which was apparently all the time for Dean Martin. It was it was a, a, every day and twice on Sundays for sure. Yeah, it. Uh, if you don't know anything about Dino, go ahead and look it up. It's it's good stuff. Um, I I think the best thing to do here let's not let's not go too deep into. Uh, a game recap it's been it's been done everybody's sort of said what they had to say but I do think that just looking back on week one there are a couple of themes that I I see as being uh, worth talking about just very quickly and, and the first one is one that you mentioned that I kind of want to want to just make mention of and that's that the, um, the the Broncos didn't play any of their starters in preseason and it seems like that may have been an issue. I'm not saying they should over they shouldn't have. That's not for me to decide, but it does seem like that that created a bit of an issue in week 1 of the NFL season for them. And if you look at the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay does not play his starters in the preseason. Look at how Matt Stafford and the Rams looked in the season opener against the Bills at as juxtaposed to 
Sean McVay or uh, Sean McDermott playing Josh Allen and the Bills starters in the preseason. Look at the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers for the second straight season opener looking like garbage juxtaposed to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs who played in the preseason. Now, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a different beast, but I, I it's just it's an interesting debate. I, I don't know if those same issues, especially in the red zone, those are the ones that stick out to me. But although would we be having this conversation if Cortland Sutton doesn't get a false start penalty that takes away Andrew Beck's shovel pass for a touchdown? If the toenail just outside on the on the out of bounds marker is a touchdown, if Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon don't fumble inside the one, I I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting. But I will agree. They were incredibly sloppy, especially defensively in the first half. But to Elijah Evero's credit and the defense, they regrouped and they completely shut down Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. That second half was really nice for the defense. And uh, that that comes even with an injury to Justin Simmons that he played through, uh, but will sideline him for uh, the next few weeks. It looks like with a is it a is it a thigh injury? Is that what we're calling it? It's a it's definitely a leg injury. Um, yes, thigh thigh injury for Justin Simmons. He was put on IR. Yeah, so, so it is. He'll be it, out the next four weeks. It is a four week injury. So that and and hopefully he'll come back and be uh, you know just ready to go. I do think it's worth talking about the sort of the debate that's going on in. Broncos country right now about whether or not the decision to kick it was the right decision. Uh, no. And, and the answer is no. So the, the debate there is gone. Uh, I, I think the other debate that sort of has come about because of a couple of uh, people in the media, former players saying things like uh, Russell Wilson should have overruled his coach or doesn't have the power to do that. Uh, I, I've gone back and forth on this. And the one thing I will say is uh, whether or not you think Russell Wilson should have called timeout or should have overruled his head coach, I don't think that that matters. I think Russell Wilson was on board with the plan, which was 46-yard line, left hash, will kick the field goal because Brandon McManus said he could make it. And I believe that that is where the question should begin, not with whether or not you should trust your kicker because if he says he can do it, that's great. But instead, what do the stats tell you? What does history tell you? History tells you he can't do it. So that is the mistake I think Hackett made. He trusted his kicker. Not that you shouldn't trust your players. You'll say you'll say you trusted you trust your players, and I agree with that to a point. But don't let someone's overconfidence in their own abilities dictate the decisions you make when the game is on the line, especially when they're one for eight from outside of sixty yards. That's the mistake that was made at the end of the game. Let alone all of the other little mistakes that really led to the game being as close as it was. One of those touchdowns, all of those descriptions that you made of those touchdowns, one of them scores. The Broncos win that game and we're not having this discussion. And so I think we can stop, you know, freaking out now and move on and and not worry about it. And I'll say this, Dan Orlovsky, who's a current analyst for ESPN, pointed out that screen pass on second down that ended up losing four, was I think it was first down, wasn't it? First First down. First down, yep. Because it it became second and 14. Mm -hmm. If Javante Williams isn't tackled on that play. As Orlovsky said, he may hit his head on the goalpost. Yeah. It, so it, that, that whole game, as the old adage goes, the NFL is a game of inches. 
Well, we saw about 800 of them with how that game could have flipped the either way. And for all the that a, did you just make zone, a death by inches reference? Yes. <laughs> okay. For all of I you will that say, missed it. I will say, despite the 0 for 4 in the red zone, Russell Wilson in the offense moved the ball at will. They were running the football at will. They were throwing it at will. Russell Wilson finished over 340 yards passing. If that's consistent, you're not going to go 0 for 4 in the red zone with Russell Wilson. He is going to get it figured out. The offense is going to they're they're going to start scoring touchdowns and when that happens you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And so uh, I think I think that's what you have to come away with is yes, they didn't score touchdowns, but look at what they did in the first game moving the ball. I I mean, how else can you say it, you know? It's it's definitely um not time to panic. I, I, I don't want to go all Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X on you, but um, it, it is okay for us to step back and say, all right, this this was like a preseason game in a way. And I, I wonder if now that there's that extra game in the NFL, I know it's a regular season game, but you saw what happened with the Rams last year. They were able to lose, you know, not play a single preseason game and they still won the Super Bowl. Will the there be, yeah, yeah. Will there be more teams that that do that? Maybe I don't know. I know the Broncos. Well, and, did. And the other thing to keep in mind is this was not a conference game. So I mean, obviously you want to win every game, but in the end, it's really not going to impact the, the the final schedule that or the standings that much because it's an NFC opponent that doesn't come into the effect for division standings. AFC standings, how you fare against common opponents or even NFC opponents is after division record. If you're going to lose a game, I would rather it be week one against an out-of-conference opponent. This was the Seahawks Super Bowl. I think it's fair to say that as well. So we'll oh absolutely we'll, we'll just leave it at that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to week two. Just as, I will say, oh, and it's sure it, say it. No, I mean, the good news is they're playing the Houston Texans at home. You get an opportunity to rectify the situation with a, a weak team or a team that is seemingly weak, uh, and they will they will have a chance to sort of get out of the gate uh, a little bit better at home than they did on the road, for sure. So let's let's go ahead and take a I, look I at will it. Say, I will say, though, I, I think the Texans are going to be a very scrappy team. We saw that against the Colts. I think it's going to take on – the identity of Lovey Smith and Lovey Smith, when he was in Chicago, had a very scrappy, tough, was never going to give up team. Yeah, and they, we've already seen that in Week One for the well, Texans against the Indianapolis. Well coached Colts. on defense, they were they were always a, a a good defensive team that protected the football. I mean, let's let's be honest here. Uh, Lovey Smith went to a Super Bowl in two thousand five with. Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton splitting time at quarterback. If you can take that team to the Super Bowl as a head coach, you're you're doing something right in some facet of the game. And so for for Lovey, it was uh, it was special teams and defense, obviously. And and you're absolutely right. I, I you know that was actually the first year that I lived out here in the Chicagoland area, so I got to see that firsthand. And I believe I lost a bet 
Uh, we are going to talk about gambling today. I believe I lost a bet to a buddy of mine. That was the year the the Bears, I think they went 0 and maybe it was 0-2 to start the season, or maybe they were 1-3 at some at one point, uh, and they had just lost to the Bengals. I'm trying to remember the exact scenario, and the guy said, I'll bet you 100 bucks the Bears make the playoffs. I laughed, I took the bet, and then I handed him $100 at the end of the season. So uh, it was <laughs> not, my, not my favorite bet that I ever made, but it is a good story. Let's, let's get into the Broncos game against Houston. You mentioned they're going to be scrappy. They're going to be a team that's going to fight, which is certainly something to consider with some of the injuries that took place for the Broncos. And on top of that, uh, they, the sloppiness that they had in the first half of that game against Seattle, the concern could be that that's going to carry over into game two. I don't think no. we're going to see that sloppiness, though. No. Uh, that many penalties, that many issues with uh, just – you know, defensive players not knowing where to stand and where to go to. It was, they just looked lost against Seattle. I don't think we'll see that. I, I think you're right. Uh, Ajiro Evero, the defensive coordinator, did a nice job of making adjustments, and that is something that should carry over. Um, I did learn the name of the uh, special teams coordinator, Dwayne Stukes. They looked awful against Seattle. I'd like to forget his name in week two as well, but we'll see what happens with that. And looking at the, the, the game lines of DraftKings, Obviously, the Broncos are a huge money line favorite. If you were to, if you wanted to throw a flyer on the Texans, I I wouldn't. But that would be the way to go on the money line route. The spread is interesting. It opened at ten and a, minus ten. It opened at ten and a half after the opening games. It just dropped a half a point. From a Broncos per, Broncos betting perspective, I'm I'm watching to see if this number drops below ten. If it drops below 10, I will jump on it because it hits that sweet spot of, as I've said for a couple of weeks, two and a half, six and a half, nine and a half. If this hits nine and a half, I'll jump on it. I think 10, I, I think the Broncos are going to win. I, I think they should do what they should have done against the Seahawks and have a couple of touchdown lead over the Texans. But I, I'd still like that nine and a half. That that's, that's that sweet spot. I feel a little bit better about the nine and a half than 10. That's a, you know, it's a really interesting way to look at it. I'm actually, I was looking at the over under as well. Uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of value in that, but it's an interesting number over under 45. Uh, I, I could see the Broncos winning this game, you know, 24 to 17, uh, 27 to 17, something like that. So you're right in that uh, seven to 10 point range, but that doesn't quite get you to that number 45. This feels like an under to me. Uh, which makes me, which makes me almost think that if I was going to bet it, I'd bet the over because I have a tendency to go the wrong direction on these things. But money line, you just look at that. Obviously, the Broncos are a huge favorite here. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of value in betting the money line, and so you're, you're going to end up sort of, you're, you're going to avoid that particular side of it and just focus on spread and, and, and maybe looking at the over under and, and making some play there as well. Um, interestingly enough, about this game. There is not a there aren't a lot of props out there for this game. So there's there aren't any player props posted yet. Uh, nothing is up. I wonder if we won't see those until Friday. Um, right. Just typically, kind of, typically sports books wait until after the Thursday game to throw up props for the Sunday and Monday games. Because I did a betting show last year with uh, a, a coworker Nicole Russo who writes for the Lions.com now and we did a show on Friday and it was hit and miss whether or not the props would be up for the Sunday games. So typically that's when they get releases on Friday. So keep an eye out on the books, DraftKings, all the others. That's when they get released. 
The good news is, is they have them up for the Thursday night game, which is a division for the Chargers. It's their second straight division opponent, and we can get into that later. But, yeah, the, just keep an eye out for the books if you're looking for props, which I've said before, props are eventually going to overtake sides and totals for popularity. I think we're already seeing that. Yep. So if that's what you're looking for, they'll be up typically on Fridays. So I, I will tell you this, and I'll be curious what you think about it because you are, uh, you know, you're in the industry. You're talking to a lot of people who uh, have ideas about the way these things play and the way they, they come about. I, as I log in and I'm getting ready to look at, at the props, there are a couple of props that I was considering looking for uh, as someone who's going to make a prop bet. We have this, the segment that we're doing now, the one big prop uh, where we pick a prop and we say, you know, this is the one I would go with. Last week I went with the KJ Hamler uh, anytime touchdown. Missed it. Didn't work out. Um, Same. Missed I, the, def- the defense special teams. Yeah. I, anytime I, touchdown. You, I will say this. You almost got yours on that strip sack by Bradley Chubb. If that ball doesn't pop up in the air and land in the arms of an offensive lineman and instead hits the ground, that's a that's a, another uh, game of inches. Yeah, that is a. That is a, uh, a scoop and score situation right there, uh, just waiting to happen. So you were a lot closer than I was because Russell Wilson couldn't find the wide receivers for the first half of the game, apparently. But I will say this. I was actually looking at lo- lo- finding K.J. Hamler as I stumble through that and putting another bet on him to be an anytime score because I think that Wilson, after week one, will start to target his wide receivers more. It was a little bit strange to have Javante Williams be sort of the uh, the go-to receiver for him for most of that game. I think that'll switch against the Texans, and they're going to target the wide receivers. It was just odd because of who was playing cornerback for the Seahawks, and we didn't you know we didn't see a lot of uh, attempts to stretch the field or you know moves to kind of get Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler out in space. They did eventually, and they did move the ball a lot, but it just wasn't there. I think this week, if I was going to look for a prop for the Broncos and it wasn't there, the one I was looking for was K.J. Hamler touchdown. And it may not be great value. I would lean at Javante Williams anytime touchdown. He'll probably be in the plus 110, plus 120 territory. Maybe he's even... uh, he's in the minus territory. And if it's in the minus, then I probably wouldn't do it. I'd also look at Cortland Sutton too, depending on what it is, but absolutely the, the KJ Hamler wanted at some point he's going to get it because he's the, I think he's the number three receiver for this team now. And he did get targeted. That's what led to an offensive, a defensive pass interference. So I, I think in terms of props, obviously the popular ones are anytime touchdowns. Those are the ones that people bet. I, I mean, you look at Cooper cup, that that's going to be a popular anytime touchdown for the Rams for Cooper cup. I would say Devonte Adams with the Raiders, Travis Kelsey with the chiefs. Now, obviously it all depends on the value of those. And right now I think I looked at Thursday's game and Travis Kelsey is like minus minus one fifty. Mm-hmm. So that's at that point, you're looking at like the, the, the betters in Vegas. I, I saw a money line at South point, where it was a guy who threw down like $200,000 or 20,000 or something like that on all the heavy money line favorites in college football. And it was going to win like 75 bucks or like seven. I I think with the amount of money that he bet, it was like 700 bucks. So a 20,000 bet to win 700. (laughs) 
Like it's that's not that's not what we call that's uh, good not value. That's not good value. Uh, I do have a sort of a team prop that I'm looking at, and I just because I was curious what some of the team props were. You can get like team total touchdowns and total points and things like that. Obviously, you can bet first half, second half. They've got quarters, things like that. I I'm looking at uh, the Broncos uh, at uh, over three and a half touchdowns is plus one ten. Now it's not huge value, obviously, but under three it's and a half positive is, money. Is, yeah, exactly. It is positive money, and so I I looked at that and I could see the Broncos putting up, you know, thirty to thirty five points. That's not necessarily uh, my prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised at it if you know they walked away from this game, uh, you know, with with four touchdowns. I might put a little money on that just because it is. Uh, it is a, in the realm of possibility and it's positive money. So that, that to me is maybe one I would look at. It's not my one prop, obviously, because we're not doing it for the Bronco game this week, but it is there as a, a possibility if that's something that you're looking at uh, as well. And and again, I, I think it just depends on how confident you are in the Broncos offense to uh, capitalize on the movement of the ball that it seems like they're going to have uh, during this season. Here's an interesting one. And it's it's from the game props, so it's still under the the Texans and the Broncos. First drive, field goal made. Yes is plus three thirty. No is minus five twenty five. That that's an interesting that's an interesting one because especially if the Texans were to get the ball first, they're more likely to kick a field goal than than score actually, a touchdown. That actually, to me, is one that. Uh... Uh, I don't know how you don't maybe you know maybe you do throw a little bit a uh, little bit of cake on that because you it, it, like we said it's plus money right you're gonna it's positive money and it does seem likely especially with the Broncos deferring like they did against the Seahawks if the Broncos win the toss and defer again and the Texans get the ball first you know a lot of things have to happen right you're obviously looking at it as things that could happen or could you know could be in the realm of possibilities but. If that was something that did happen, you're probably looking at at hitting on that one just because of uh, what history tells us, and that's that the Broncos' defense needs a half to get into it. And before we move on and start talking about our keys to the game and whatnot, there's some other value under the game props, and that's to win by. All of these are positive money, and they're all at least in the plus 310 range. To win by 1 to 6 is plus 310 for the Broncos. To win by seven to twelve is plus three forty. To win by thirteen to eighteen is plus three seventy. So if you're looking for value before the props come out and you want to just take a look at it and you have a gut feeling, that might be the way to go. Is determining the amount if you think the Broncos are going to win, the amount that they win by. Because as I said, all of them are at least plus three ten or over, and that is great betting value. I think it, I think it's a good way to look at it. I, I, I like that. And then those are some things that I definitely will be looking at this week as well. Um, all right, let's jump into our uh, our game preview here uh, and, and jump into the keys to the game. The Broncos are playing the Texans. It's the first home game of the season. It's week two. You're coming off a pretty bad loss. There was a lot of frustration. And so uh, the keys Russell to Wilson's the- first game in Denver <laughs> – it, it, there's there's a lot going on with this one, right? There's there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of you know I, I would say some concern there that people probably will have with okay, we really don't want to see what happened in Seattle happen again. I don't think that there's a, there's too much of a concern for that, 
but that concern can pop up its ugly head pretty quickly if things don't work out work out well in the first half. Um, so why don't, why don't you give us your key to the game? I didn't get one in for the article because I was, uh, you know, working. So I'll, I'll let you jump in out here, and then I do have one. Red zone and goal to, goal to go offense is my key to the game. Whatever the issues are, if it's uh, timing, execution, play calling, whatever it is, they need to get it figured out and they need to score touchdowns. You can't have another O for trip in the red zone. I I mean that's what we expected with Trevor Simeon, with Paxton Lynch, with Case Keesum, with Joe Flacco, with Mark Sanchez, with Drew Locke, with Teddy Bridgewater, I, I, Chad Kelly. That's what we expected with that group. You can't have an offer in the red zone again. You got to score points if you want to win. I think that's a, that's touchdowns. a, a pretty, you got to score touchdowns. That's, that's for sure. Um, I'm and actually don't gonna, turn it over. Don't either. turn the ball over. Yeah, obviously turnovers are always a must. It's sort of one of those uh, forever keys. It's an evergreen key to the game. I did like, I was looking at some of the keys to the game that, that some of the other uh, mile high report uh, staffers put up there. And the one that stu- stood out to me the most was Tanner Watts' better game management from Hackett. Uh, that's not my key to the game necessarily, although it is a good key to the game because I think that with Nathaniel Hackett being a new head coach, his role has changed immensely. He was a play caller who got to sit down with his quarterback and talk about the plays that they wanted to run in the next, you know, in the, in the next phase of the game when the next offense was on the field, those kinds of things. And now he has to be in charge of all of those things that go with a football game that are not just offense. And that was one of the things that we've complained about in the past with other coaches, your Vic Fangio's and your Vance Joseph's of the world, not understanding game management. And you can only go so far without being able to manage a game. We saw it uh, run its course with both of those uh, former coaches in Denver. And it's hard as a coordinator to make that adjustment. He's got to be able to do that. And the hope is that this game won't be as difficult. And so he'll be able to make some adjustments and be better at that than uh, you know some of the things that happened against Seattle. But my key to the game, just to kind of uh, continue the theme here, of keys to the game and, and what we think we've got going on actually plays off of Justin Simmons injury. Uh, Caden Stearns is going to be stepping in obviously for Justin Simmons. And a, a big part of what's going to happen is the defense is going to have to adjust to not having their leader on the field. Justin Simmons has been the leader of the defense for the last few seasons. He's the the face of that defense um, with the, you know, Von Miller gone. And so not having him on the field will affect how the defense plays can they adjust to not having their leader on the field out there? You know, the the quarterback on the defense is is you know going to be missing, and so that is going to be a difficult part of this game for the Broncos. That's something that uh, obviously just came about with the the news of his injury and him being put on IR uh, and and gone for at least four weeks here. So that's something to to pay attention to, and I think to look for as a key to the game. The good news is they're playing teams that they should beat and they shouldn't need Justin Simmons. Obviously it's not ideal and uh, not just Caden Stearns. I'd also look for PJ Locke to get time too as a safety because he, he played incredibly well in training camp and in the preseason games. So that's another name to keep an eye on. Well, the fact that he played preseason means he'll be ready. That's that's at least it's a possibility. So uh, we're, we're right, going to keep, we're going to keep beating that dead I, horse. We might. And we I might, just, and I'll say, fun. 
the other the other aspect of all of this that I think is going to help Nathaniel Hackett and this team is playing at home. Regardless of how you feel about Seattle and and the 12s, which I I don't really want to call them the 12s because they stole it from Texas A&M and they have to give money to Texas A&M to even use that name. So very creative. And I will ha- I will I will hammer that forever because you're so uncreative as a fan base, you have to steal something from a college team. But being at home is going to help tremendously. I think that's I think that is something to to think about as well. Um, let's jump into players to watch, and I'm going to go first. I'm not going to let you take mine, and I'm going to go defense first, and I'm going to say Caden Stearns. Right? It's just like just continue the whole thing. Obviously, with Justin Simmons down, I think as I just said before, and so I won't go too far into it. Uh, can Caden Stearns kind of and PJ Locke for that matter, as you mentioned, can they sort of you know, plug up that hole and allow for the defense to continue to find success, uh, especially after the adjustments they made in that second half against Seattle. Can that carry over? I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. We saw the potential that they have in the second half, especially Chubb. I thought he was the best defensive player in the second half. Let's see if they can build on that because that's going to help out Caden Stearns and PJ Locke and the rest of the secondary. And Hopefully Josie Jewell is able to go on Sunday. He wasn't able to go on Monday. And I thought we saw a hole in that defense, especially on the two touchdown passes from G- to, from Geno Smith in the coverage issues over the middle of the field. So, but I, I'm looking at Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. Offensively. Um, I don't want to say the offensive line because it's so boring, but man, they were, they were getting pushed around in some situations that, uh, that Javante Williams fumble on the goal line happens because of the push up front by the Seattle defensive line. And just, I, I believe what, who was it that got blown up on that play? Was it Graham Glasgow? I was going to say, was it Graham Glasgow? If I'm not mistaken, who just got completely exploded off the ball uh, that cannot happen, but I'm going to, uh, now that I've said that I'm going to go with my actual player to watch on offense. And it is Javante Williams. I know I talked about KJ Hamler and, and the and the wide receivers and whatnot, but he looks every much the part of a number one back. And I there was a period of the game in Seattle where they were not leaning on him and they were not going to him. And I couldn't figure it out because it was a really important part of the game. And then he came in sort of out of nowhere. He wasn't very fresh and he fumbles the football. Or he was he was fresh, but he wasn't very into the game, I should say. And he fumbles the football on a play that, quite frankly, wasn't his fault. The handoff was bad. The like the exchange was funky. He was trying to adjust the ball. The offensive line gets exploded, and he gets stripped out of nowhere. Like I, I don't really blame him for that. Like I do Melvin Gordon and his bad fumble. But I'm gonna watch Javante Williams and see if he can continue to be the number one back, the guy that you go to and you lean on in tough situations. The other aspect of that Javante Williams fumble, and even the case with Melvin Gordon, is the play clock was right, was winding down. So they were rushing those, what, they were both fourth down plays, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So not only are you in fourth and goal at the one-yard line, but you're letting the play clock run down. So you're having to rush the whole play instead of just taking a timeout and regrouping. And I put that on Russell Wilson, not knowing the clock is winding down. And, and apparently looking at the comments to the winners and losers column on Sunday night or Monday night, rather that's been an issue with Russell Wilson where he lets the clock wind down. And I I think to, 
to to offset that, Hackett needs to get the plays in quicker, knowing that that's a tendency for Russell Wilson, and maybe run on an up tempo offense to where he's not having to look at the play clock and let it wind down. Can so I that, just also it, interject there? Also, let's not run from fourth and one inside or fourth and goal inside the one yard line. Let's not run handoffs yeah. from the shotgun formation. Just a, that is just a request. I'm not a football guru. I'm not a genius, but I feel like that's a bad choice. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah, it's not be so good. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I think I get it. There's a lot of people who will defend Melvin Gordon. This is an issue now. This is the second straight game he's fumbled inside the five-yard line and cost his team a touchdown. Whether you want to put it on him or not, whether you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, he's now cost his team two touchdowns when his job is to hold on to the football. I think I saw a stat. He's got 22 fumbles since 2000, I think it was 18. 17. Is it 17? Uh, and that's like the fifth most in uh, the league, and he's got fewer carries than most of the guys on that list. So... Uh, you're right. It's an issue. It's certainly an issue. My player to watch, I'm going to be boring. Russell Wilson, his first game as a Bronco at Mile High Stadium. There is going to be so much energy and emotion at Mile High Stadium. It is going to be amped up like it was in 2012 when Peyton played his first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is going to equate that. And actually... I, I, I may say it may top that because of the crap we've gone through the last six years. Broncos fans have been starved for a moment like this. I, and I totally I, agree I, with that. I, I, I am amped up to see what Russell Wilson and the Broncos do on Sunday. All right. So uh, you got a bold prediction for me? I, I'm going to let you go bold first. Bold predict. I... I I don't think anything bold is going to happen. I think the the bold prediction that I'll have is Russell Wilson will throw for four touchdowns. Ooh, a four touchdown game for Russell Wilson. I like that. It kind of fits with uh, some of my uh, future predictions here. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to go with a bold prediction on the defensive side of the football. I think the defense gets it done and gets a defensive score. I I I I don't know where it'll fit in with the final score that I have written down uh, and how that will play out as far as your your prediction. I'm not sure if it'll come to fruition, although uh, when was the last time we had a bold prediction that worked out? Uh, but but I think I think we get a defensive touch, not a special teams touchdown. I'm not looking at a kick return or a punt return. I'm thinking a Patrick Sertan pick six because that man is a man. He's a dog. Everybody's been talking good about Patrick Sertan, as they should. PS2 is a stud. What he did to DK Metcalf and shutting him down was incredible. So uh, I, I'm, I, I'm going to predict that you get a defensive touchdown, pick six, it could be PS2. It could be somebody else. I don't know. But I just feel like it's coming. I feel like it's it's there. I'm going to change mine. Okay. Because my, 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 my score prediction doesn't it, it doesn't really – You started doing math. You yeah, I started doing up. the math. So it, it doesn't it doesn't connect. So I, I have to change mine. I'm going to go with the, the Broncos defense gets seven sacks. Ooh. that See, now that feels possible to me as well. I like that one. It's bold. But it's it's like spicy too, bold and spicy. It feels like a Taco Bell flavor that would hopefully not give you the runs because that would be bad. 
Um, well, it's Taco Bell. Of course it's going to give it to yeah. you. Well, as long as the Rockies don't score seven runs, you'll be fine, which they don't. So which they cool. won't. <laughs> well, they did win today. I, what, you know. what, watching the Rockies does give you runs. Yeah, there you go. Not not runs in baseball, just runs in your pants. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a score prediction. I'll go first um, just because I wrote mine down, unless you want to go first, but I got mine. I'm ready to go. 27-17 Denver. I think they win by what 10. What the hell? That was mine. <laughs> oh, there it is. See, it happens every once in a while. We just we just hit the same one. You could still get your four touchdowns out of Russell Wilson and a missed Brandon McManus extra point. That, would that be actually would be a bold prediction right there. I that like would it. be. I like it a lot. Um, so in that case, the spread would push. It would. It would be a, a pushed spread at this point, depending on what happens. I actually don't think it will go up i don't think it'll go up at all it could go down you it could, won't I, go up it could go down i think you, you might have see it drop to nine and a half you and when that happens it's because sharps put money on the texans yes. that that would be the only way that that johnny avello and the DraftKings and DraftKings sportsbook would lower that number from 10 to nine and a half is if they start getting sharp money on the texans did you say sharp money i don't know how i feel about that all right <laughs> well, i mean we're not sharps here. I mean, no. we're more we're more doles. Doles. Yeah, we're doles. We're butter knives in a in a drawer full of steak knives, and that's or okay. plastic knives. That's why that's why we don't tell. We're spoons. We're plastic spoons. Although I got cut by a plastic uh, spoon we're that sporks. broke once. That was pretty crazy. So Spe- speaking of Taco Bell, we're the sporks. Oh, that would be cool. Every once in a while, you get something right, but you still can scoop it up if you need to. All right. Okay. I I, I see where you're going with that. Um. All right, I guess we got to do a, a quick break here, and then we'll when we come back, we'll do our whip around the league. We'll look at the AFC West, and then uh, we'll we'll hopefully be saying uh, go Broncos. And given our prop of the of the week, prop of the week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply all right ian let's uh let's kick this off with uh, the, the first game of the week, and that is an AFC West matchup. We like to go through the schedule and look at AFC West first, and it's the uh, LA Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs who will start the week two festivities with a game on Thursday night in Kansas City. Um, kind of a kind of a big game. Uh, it, it, this is this is one where I believe the Chargers beat the Chiefs last year. If I'm you know, wasn't in dream. Kansas City. In Kansas City, this is early in the season. A potential revenge game, but uh, Los Angeles looks like a good team. I think it's still Chargers season. I suppose Chargers season can last into the beginning of the regular season. I'm fine with that. Uh, it just doesn't last into the playoffs. So, um, I, it's it's an interesting game. I, I don't think I can pick against Kansas City at no. home. 
Not, not the way Patrick Mahomes looked against the Cardinals. It was it was old school Patrick Mahomes, which is a weird thing to say about a guy that's like 30 years younger than me, or at least it feels like it uh, when I wake up in the and, morning. And for all the talk of not having Tyreek Hill when I was one of those people, like <laughs> we can throw that onto the yeah. bonfire and forget about it. Because he still got Travis Kelsey, who scored so many points for my fantasy football teams. So many. I got him in two leagues. I I used to avoid Travis Kelsey like the plague. Let me just tell you, that was a mistake. This guy's a stud. What was I thinking? And as I said, don't do the anytime touchdown on him because it's like minus 150, yeah, which leads it. me to my prop of the week, which is right now plus money at DraftKings, Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns plus 120. Oh, it's a big one. Uh, I like it. I'm actually going to go with a prop of the week that is massive. It is not what I did last week. I look for something kind of mid, like, like a nice payout, but not you know too crazy. Uh, I'm going crazy on this one. I'm going first touchdown score. Uh, it is probably going to be a bit of a surprise, but I'm going MVS, Marquez Valdez Scantling. First touchdown score on DraftKings. He's plus 1,400. You throw a dollar mm. on that, you win $14. That's not so bad. Nice. That's a trip to Taco Bell. You know, get yourself. A, why are we? Why are we promoting Taco Bell? What is Bell? up with the Taco, Taco Bell? Bell? It's a bad choice. That's that's. I mean, I'm in Colorado, Bell. but I I haven't done any edibles or anything like that. So I gotta, I gotta tell you, I haven't. I can't remember the last time I went to Taco Bell. I mean, years. I don't either. Years. I, I've gone to Taco John's before. I've gone to Taco yeah, Bell. I have gone to Taco John's uh, in the last probably ten years, and I would say I have not gone to Taco Bell in the last ten years. That's because Taco John's has potato Olays. Oh, and the potato Olay Bravo. That's a fantastic meal right there. Also probably gives you the runs though. So there, there is that. Um, so that's our AFC West matchup. I think we're both on the chiefs on that. And absolutely. I, I like your, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out a weekly special. It's, it's kind of, it's not as bold as what you're doing, but DraftKings has a fresh from the field. If you look at the game, it has popular game lines, weekly specials. It has Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, 700-plus passing yards and 7-plus TDs combined. Yes is plus 900 right now. I kinda... So that, that's, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting market. I mean, obviously, you if you do this, you think that there's going to be no defense. I, I, I kind of like it. I, I, I do. It's a, it's a Thursday night game. I, I believe very little in Thursday night games. I wish they didn't play them. Uh, they are sloppy, but that sloppy usually tends to lead to lots of points when it's good teams and uh, even more points when it's bad teams, I suppose. Remember when the Broncos and the Jets played on? I was, that was a Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Uh, I don't so, think it's going to be sloppy game. I no. think it's, it's two very good teams I, I with two have, very good quarterbacks. The thing that could hurt Justin Herbert is not having Keenan Allen. Yes, and that is where I was going to go. You you are taking a bit of a risk knowing that Keenan Allen is out, but even still, you've you've got two really good offenses. I think this could be a fun one. I like that bet. I kind I kind of like those specials. Those are sort of fun. But again, that's that's one of those where um, missing one guy could have a pretty big impact on that. But it doesn't make it any less fun. So uh, I, I like that one. All right, let's uh, let's look at the other AFC West matchup, and it's not really an AFC West matchup, but it is an AFC West team. You got the Raiders against the Cardinals. I, I don't even know what to say about this. 
two bad teams. Two bad teams. I still don't understand the the love that the Raiders got because they they got Devonte Adams and then did That's nothing else. Did. Yeah, uh, it's all they, and they did. added Josh McDaniels uh, and Tom McMahon. I I, I just I, I think none of those things add up to uh, Super Bowl contender to me. I just I don't no. see that. Um, I do see some issues with the Cardinals. Obviously, they've got you know they've got injury issues right away because you know you, you sign JJ Watt and he's going to get injured. That's just how it works. Uh, and he me, lose Chandler Jones to the Raiders. Yeah, it, it is. A, it's a revenge game. Uh, <laughs> to, to me, I'm I'm sort of I'm leaning towards the Cardinals on this. I am too. I just don't like what the Raiders are right now. I don't think that they're as good as people say they are. So I'm not. I'm not on the Raiders. I, I just am not. And, and unless they start winning a bunch of games, I probably. And, and even if they do, I'll never be on the Raiders. I hate the Raiders. So there's some of that. What's fascinating? It's not a game that's going to be any good, and people aren't going to be paying attention to it from a betting perspective. The Detroit Lions are actually favored against the Washington Commanders. I believe it's the first time in 24 games. The Detroit Lions are a spread favorite. They are. Yes, I saw that. And not only that, on my tally site, because I do the tally site thing as well, I picked them to win and to uh, beat the spread. So I am, I'm all in on the Lions this week because why not? I mean, when's the last time you got to say you were all in on the Lions as a favorite? You, you, you didn't get to because sports gambling wasn't available in your area at the time. So now you can. Now you can say it, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say it. I'm all in on the Lions. They get it all. They get all my money. Well, not all of it. They get like a dollar. The other game that's fascinating to me is the Colts and the Jaguars because it was this game last year that ended Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts and any hope of getting into the playoffs. And that was against a bad Jacksonville team. And the Colts never play well in Jacksonville. So, and did you see how fired up Trevor Lawrence had his team coming out of the tunnel? He was just firing them up. I think what he said to him, and I won't get this exactly right. So it won't be verbatim, but I'll paraphrase. I believe it was. And it was in this tone of voice. Let's go out there boys and have some fun and, and show them what we're made of. I'm pretty sure that's about it. And I mean, I don't know how you're not ready to run through a brick wall for that man. Holy cow. Two other games I'm looking at, Tampa, New Orleans. Tampa never plays well in New Orleans. Just look back to last year. And then look, I think it was in Tampa. I think it was on Sunday night football. And the Saints won like nine to three. Yeah, it was terrible. I think think that was the final score. So I'm looking at that game. And then the other one, can the Dolphins look against the Patriots in Baltimore against John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Yeah, a little carryover. Is that possible? I'm not sure. That that, 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 was, that was an impressive showing by the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, it was, and when it, was, it was a fun one to watch. I've got one that I'm, I'm paying attention to. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to Bears-Packers. Um, it's, it's always nice to have one of those sort of classic NFL games. And, and I will say, being at Soldier Field – Watching the Bears beat the 49ers, I had a really good time. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Bears, but it's just a game I'll be interested to watch. It's Sunday night. I'll have nothing else to do, so why not? 